Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. Eleven minutes after five, uh, just click it over to five twelve on Wisconsin's morning news. As for that weather still approaching, we're looking at a line of storms that is still west of Madison at this point and moving to the northwest. Actually, for how we have our radar zoomed in, I can't see how far south that goes, Eric. But that's the weather that will be affecting us later this morning. Yeah, mid morning to early afternoon. One more potential bout of severe weather in this little string we've seen. So, just want to let you know we do have an eye on that, and if any new. Uh, watches or warnings or things of that nature pop up. We will let you know right away. We have a lot of opportunities to update the Storm Team forecast. We have Craig Copleen, our meteorologist, checking in with us live at 620. We might actually be about in the thick of it an hour plus from now, or at least close. So we will keep a close eye on the radar and weather conditions for you through the morning here on Wisconsin's Morning News. There are quite a few outages right now. The majority of the outages right now in Racine County, more than 4,300. And that's still left over from... Overnight, Overnight. We some storms rolling through. We had some yep. strong stuff. You know, I live on the south side as well. Uh, nothing popped severe in Milwaukee County, but we did get a little bit of hail, a little yeah. taste. It was like, I would say, it's not, it wasn't even pea size. It was like maybe even pebble size or gravel. Okay, so. But it was enough roof, that right? it was click, 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 click. You know? I always get worried about that. If the car is parked on, a, on the drive. Oh, no. Yep. Get it in. Well, Arnie, one of our uh, teammates upstairs, he uh, he's got a like a classic car, like a Camaro or something like okay. that. That's really nice, but it's still parked in the drive. No. He showed me. His wife said, "This is how much I love you." I ran out in this hailstorm and covered your car with blankets. <laughs> this is awesome. what I've done for you. That's awesome. We also, of course, have your election results. We'll bring you some analysis, some of the speeches as well from overnight. Interesting thing I saw last night in terms of turnout. We are still fewer than two million votes. I don't have a percentage for you at this point, but I know, you know, we've certainly had larger voter turnout in the state. We're sure. over two million in the last presidential election. I could check the gubernatorial uh, as well just to see. So, But for a spring election, pretty solid turnout. I told you my polling place in Greendale, when I checked in, I got my number. I'm like 700. And the ladies yeah. said, yeah, like I well went done. right in the height of the afternoon rain. And they're like, this is the first break we got. <laughs> when I walked into mine and I'm in Waukesha County, there were people waiting to register isn't that unbelievable? Which I've never seen that before, not in my county. My wife works the polls. She worked the afternoon shift up at the high school, and she was doing registrations. I popped in to see her, and it was 7.38 p.m., and she had two people there registering to vote. <laughs> like, Great. Good. I mean, what happened there? Like, yeah, I'll just get around to registering today, <laughs> Got 20, 20 minutes, minutes before they shut her down. But we've got more election results through the morning here on Wisconsin's Morning News. And Brandon Snide has sports. The Brewers are going to the World Series. That story is World next. World Series World bound. Series. That's next on Wisconsin's Morning News. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. The Milwaukee Brewers have heard our complaints and are apparently taking it personal. The crew Entered the series with the Mets hitting zero home runs on the season, but that changed on opening day with Bryce Terrain, and, well, it continued some more last night. Hit in the air to run in deep. Get up! Get up! Get up! We're going for Garrett Mitchell! They go back to back to back against Max Scherzer. Bob Euchre on the call there as the Brewers rough up the ace for the Mets, Max Scherzer, and defeat the Mets for a final score of 9-0. to 
for their fourth straight victory. Wade Miley got the start and the win, throwing six shutout innings, which also became his 100th career victory. On the offensive side of of things, Brian Anderson and Garrett Mitchell each belted two bombs. And manager Craig Council credits a good approach at the plate for the success. Yeah, I mean, it's any anytime you hit three homers in, in a row, it's it's surprising. And you know, we, we're swinging the bats good. We got a lot of guys swinging the bats good, and um, you know, a couple of great nights from uh, from BA and, and Mitch tonight. So just, I thought we had good at bats against Max all night, really starting in the first inning. The Brewers go for the sweep today over those Mets with Corbin Burns on the mound. First pitch is set for twelve forty. Our coverage begins right here on WTMJ at 12:10. Over to the NBA with only 4 games to go in the regular season. The Bucks were looking to cast a spell on the Wizards in Washington, and thanks to a big night from the Greek Freak, their plan worked to perfection. Giannis the other way takes it coast to coast and plunges it down with a one-hand slam. Oh, Giannis, nobody runs the floor quite like the Greek Freak, the NBA's leader in fast break points per game. Dave Kane on the call over on 94.5 ESPN Milwaukee as the Bucks go to the nation's capital and snatch the victory 140 to 128 over the Wizards. And despite a triple double from Giannis, he only had one thing on his mind following the game. We got to get better. Obviously, I believe that we are a good team. I think we have great potential, but we have to get better. We have to keep on building our chemistry. We have to keep on having fun with one another. We have to keep on building good habits throughout these three last games. And when the playoffs start from playoff game number one until wherever we end up, we got to keep on building good habits game by game. That was the Bucks' 57th win on the season. And with some help later in the evening from the Philadelphia 76ers, with their win over the Boston Celtics, the Bucks' magic number for the top spot in the East is now lowered to just one. Next up for the Bucks is a home game tonight against the Chicago Bulls. Tip-off is set for 6.30. Dave Kane said it well. Oh, Giannis. Oh, baby. 5.19 on Wisconsin's Morning News. At 5.22 on this day after the spring election, a lot of election results to sort through here for you, get you back up to speed. First, here's this. We've had this laid out plainly for us. We could have the rule of law or the rule of Janet. And the people of Wisconsin have chosen the rule of Janet. That was the top race on the ballot in the state of Wisconsin. Former Justice Dan Kelly in his concession speech, which was... Maybe the most extraordinary concession speech I've ever heard. Was it really a concession? Borderline not a concession. I mean, he acknowledged that he lost the race. Right. But much more on that in a moment. But uh, Milwaukee County Judge Janet Protasiewicz will ascend to the state Supreme Court. And this one wasn't close. Now, I'm seeing a couple, you might be seeing a couple of different numbers. Right now, our numbers, our reporting system is showing Protasiewicz with a 56 to 44 win over former Justice Kelly. Uh, you might be seeing 55-45, depending on who you're watching or looking at. So my number shows 99% of precincts reporting. So the, the race is in no way in doubt, just a matter of why you, Why am I seeing one number here, one number there. At any point, it doesn't matter. It's a double-digit win mm-hmm. for Judge Protasiewicz. Fewer than 2 million votes cast across Wisconsin. All three referendum questions that were in front of everyone in the state passed. Uh, The two questions are binding, so we will change the state's constitution to give judges greater latitude in how they assign cash bail. Uh, Let me see. The 
Only legislative race that is, in at least in some way, of statewide interest. You had an open seat in, what is that, the 8th Senate District? Yes, the Alberta Darling one. Yep. So, yeah, Alberta Darling retired, longtime state senator. And uh, Dan Canoto won that race. Now, I'm not seeing it being officially called. I don't know why I'm showing 100% of the precincts reporting and Canodal with a two-point victory over Jody Habish-Sinekin. That one went late into the night, so it's probably a let's wake up in the morning and, and take a look at that one. But they're still counting a few of those ballots. That was a tight race. About so 1,300 votes yeah. separating them at this point. And then <laughs> talk about a tight margin. You wonder whether your vote counts. The race for Aldermanic District 1 in the city of Milwaukee. Andrea Pratt, former acting mayor Marvin Pratt's daughter, which makes Eric and I feel old because we covered him, (laughs) Marvin. And uh, now you have his daughter, who appears to have won by 17 votes in that race. 17. So if you're David Bowen, former state representative, man, if I had knocked on a few more doors. Right. Maybe maybe or maybe not, you know. He says he's not sure yet. He tells the paper he's not 100% certain whether or not he'll call for a recount in that one. And I mentioned the extraordinary speech at the close of the election. Uh, Former Justice Dan Kelly did not... uh, at least Milwaukee Journal Sentinel reported he did not call Judge Protosewitz as is typical. You usually call to whom you lost and say, all right, well, congratulations. And you don't have to say much more than that. But right, right. Usually you call and Standard say, protocol. Yeah, yeah, right. Congratulations. But he had just a, a spicy goodbye on stage. And it brings me no joy to say this. I wish that in a circumstance like this, I would be able to concede to a worthy opponent. But I do not have a worthy opponent to which I can concede. This was the most deeply deceitful, dishonorable, despicable campaign I have ever seen run for the courts. Regardless of your thoughts on it, it ended in a double-digit victory for Milwaukee County Judge Janet Protosewitz, who will be sworn in to the Wisconsin State Supreme Court later this year. This Wednesday morning, you know, we got more strong weather moving in. Uh, had some severe thunderstorms in southeast Wisconsin again yesterday. Chance you end up with some roof damage, particularly when we get hail. First thing I think of in hail is your car, right? You're parked outside. You're like, ooh. Oh, boy. How big was that hail, right? You're afraid to check. But what about your roof? Because you're not you're not up there. You don't see it. I called my guy Chuck Zika. He is president and managing partner of Tri-County Contracting in New Berlin. Chuck said hail can be pretty bad for the roof. Yeah, it can actually damage the the shingle itself. And so what it does when it hits it, it knocks the granules off of the shingle. And what actually is the damage that we're concerned about for the roof is if it if it knocks the granules off and punctures what we call the mat, which is the underside or the main part of the shingle. Now, there are a lot of fine companies that do roofing here in southeast Wisconsin, but Chuck's a guy I know. I trust him. You hear me talking about Tri-County during the break. So I, I just wanted to give him a call and pick his brain. Strong winds can also do some damage to the roof. They can flat tear shingles right off. But how would you know? Sometimes you can see that from the ground, that there's just felt paper all of a sudden in between shingles, or you have shingles in your backyard. Uh, they match up to what's on your house, and, and they're from your roof. Sometimes they blow from the neighbor's house. But there, there's definitely the chance that shingles themselves actually pull off. And, and obviously at that point, then we're dealing with 
the next time it rains, there is the chance that water is infiltrating into the attic and staining the ceiling and getting into the house. And that's the last thing we want. Uh, yeah, agreed. That's not the time you want to find out you got roof trouble when <laughs> you're seeing drips, <laughs> oh, right? That's a terrible feeling. That Again, Chuck Zika, Tri-County Contracting out of New Berlin. Chuck did say if you, if you have a newer roof that's in decent shape, it should be able to handle these 60 plus mile an hour yeah, winds. Okay. It's when you have an older roof and you know if you do, right? You know, it's kind of on its last legs. That's where the wind can get up underneath the shingles and rip them off. That's usually the problem there. But he said, again, if your roof is in good shape and it's newer, you should be able to handle some of these pretty strong winds. I also like what he said is, how do you know if it's your roof? Well, go out in the backyard, and if there's a shingle laying there, check your neighbor's house first. (laughs) Oh, that's great. That's not me. (laughs) Sorry, guy next door. It is 545. Brandon Snide has sports coming up next time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. The first few signs of spring and warmer weather are finally upon us. we got Brewers baseball opening day and the Bucks playoffs nearing their beginning with only four games remaining in their regular season. Milwaukee was visiting Washington looking to take care of business against the Wizards. Holiday thinks about the threes being a seven-footer. So go right by him and plunge it through with a murderous left-hand jam. Oh, that was just filthy. Drew Holiday with the filth there with the dunk. Two of his 26 points on that slam. And the Bucs would go to the nation's capital and dominate Washington for a final score of 140-128. to Giannis, le- <laughs> Giannis led the charge for the Deer with his sixth triple-double of the season, finishing with 28 points, 11 rebounds, and 10 assists. He spoke after the game on what the number one seed means for him and his team as the playoffs near and their magic number now sitting at one. It's a great feeling to play game seven at home. That doesn't guarantee you that you're going to win the game. Nothing, as I've said it multiple times, nothing is given. You have to earn every single thing, but playing a game seven at your house gives you better possibilities to be successful. And uh, we work all year long to uh, have the best record in the league and have home court advantage against every team in the NBA. And hopefully we can take advantage of that. Next up for the Bucks is a home game tonight against the Chicago Bulls at Pfizer Forum. Tip-off is set for 6.30. Catch full coverage on WTMJ immediately following Wisconsin's afternoon news beginning at 6 p.m. Over to baseball as the Brewers enter their season with many questions about their hitting and their offense. And, well, as of this morning, I haven't checked, but they're probably still hitting home runs at American Family Field. The pitch. Swing and a fly ball. Center field. Backing up Nimmo. Warning track. Wall. Got it again. Have a night, Brian Anderson. Jeff Levering on the call as the Brewers Rack up five home runs on the night, chasing off the Mets ace Max Scherzer and easily winning 9-0 over New York for their fourth straight win. Wade Miley got the start and the win, throwing six shutout innings, which also became his 100th career victory. Garrett Mitchell and Brian Anderson each homer twice for the Brewers. But regardless of the long ball last night, Rowdy Telez knows this crew can score in many different ways. Yeah, we get guys that get on base all the time, which is nice. You know, um, a lot of guys walk, a lot of guys got good zones. Um you know, Terang coming up and really just showing us what he's capable of. Um, but like you said, last year it was it was the long, kind of like live or die by the long ball. And, um, you know, we didn't hit a home run in uh, in Chicago, and we took two or three. We didn't hit a home run for a while. So um, when, you can, when you can put up runs on the board like that without hitting home runs, it's huge. 
The Brewers go for the sweep today with Corbin Burns on the mound. First pitch is set for 1240. Our coverage begins right here on WTMJ beginning at 1210. But also, if you guys want to keep hitting home runs, that's fine too. Works for right. me. <laughs> when I can it. when I can go to bed knowing it's 9-0 and we're good, <laughs> I'm good with that. How strong is the legal case against former President Donald Trump? Depends on who you ask. That story is next on Wisconsin's Morning News. on Wisconsin's Morning News. This Wednesday morning, former President Donald Trump stands indicted, charged with 34 felony counts of falsifying business records related to hush money payments made in the final days of the 2016 election. And I never thought anything like this could happen in America. The former president pleaded not guilty to all charges, as expected, characterizing the case against him as political persecution. What exactly is this case about? Let's get up to speed with ABC's Morgan Norwood. Prosecutors allege Trump repeatedly and fraudulently falsified New York business records to conceal criminal conduct that hid damaging information from the voting public during the 2016 presidential election. According to the indictment, Trump orchestrated a scheme with his former lawyer Michael Cohen and former National Enquirer publisher David Pecker to pay hush money to at least three people, including porn actress Stormy Daniels. So how about the strength against the former president? Depends on who you watch and who you listen to. I mean, I was at the gym yesterday where they have all the screens, you know, right? And so you got Fox News over here, you got MSNBC over here, and just the difference in tone and the difference in the legal experts who were trotted out. I mean, on Fox, there was a nothing to see here, a dismissal, a summary dismissal from the judge is possible, if not likely, because yeah. there's nothing here. MSNBC, well, the president faces serious legal trouble here. Felonies, right? yada, yada. I, I don't know which it is. ABC's Dan Abrams talked about the strength of the case brought by the Manhattan District Attorney and did acknowledge there are serious questions. How strong is the case that he's brought? Factually, he has laid out a case about the various documents, the checks and the invoices that seem to have been fraudulent. Okay, but that doesn't address some of the very difficult legal questions that still have to be answered. Exactly what crime is he saying escalated this from a misdemeanor to a felony. And then there's the issue of the statute of limitations and all sorts of other things. So like I'm I'm not a, an attorney, but I'm trying to just I've read a lot, I've watched a lot, I've listened to a lot. I mean, this is not a slam dunk for the Manhattan DA. Yeah. We'll see. Is how that it, fair, sure. like based on what you've heard and yeah, said? Same like, same kind of thing. It, it depends on who you hear from, but yeah, well it, it's a it's a legal case. We'll see how it develops. What when is he next in court? December or something crazy? That's like the that? other absurdity of this. Like on, on one hand, like I was thinking, wow, that's really not fair because he's running for president. You'd want this done, but he wanted it later. Yeah, they wanted to keep pushing it out, which I guess is if you know the former president did any of his legal dealings, that's always been his tactic. Yeah, just keep delaying, push, just keep push, delaying, push, yep. see if you can outlast him. Yep. But right, this is not going to be resolved anytime soon. Did you you know what I found very interesting about uh, yesterday seeing him go through the courthouse in Manhattan? There was there was a moment there when like someone like kind of left the door shut on him, like as he was walking through there, open someone opened a door and then like they didn't hold it for him. Right? Okay. <laughs> When's the last time that's happened to him? 
That someone didn't open the door right. <laughs> yeah, right. You're the like, president. Oh. All kinds of people are holding doors. Yeah, and never seen him open his own door before. There's a lot of absurdity in just watching the coverage cross the board because, again, cameras were not allowed in the courtroom. So right. there was like nothing to see except that hallway. Mm-hmm. And then they had a couple of pictures that right. someone was able to send out, some of the pool photogs that were in there. But they spent forever just that camera shot down the hallway. You had yeah. a couple of cops there who Standing you know there. their phones were blowing up. <laughs> hey, dude, you're on TV. I see you. Right. And they've never been on hey, TV scratch before. Scratch your nose. Scratch right. your nose quick. Yeah, do something so I know it's you. <laughs> so you had that going on with, you yeah. know, that was the only shot available. Uh, quickly on the judge, uh, Juan Merchan, who, again, did not allow cameras in, but for a few still photographers in the courtroom for the arraignment, he did not issue a gag order, which judges can do, that bars participants in the case from speaking out as the legal process plays out. He did ask the president to refrain from making statements that are, quote, likely to incite violence. If he's trying to avoid a gag order being slapped on him, this probably didn't help. I have a Trump-hating judge with a Trump-hating wife and family. Okay, so oh, here we go. some of the comments from the former president when he got back to his Florida home in Mar-a-Lago. Again, next due in court, not until December.